so the next session that we have is with Leslie. She is going to talk about real life lessons delivered in a virtual world. So before we start, I'll just uh, give you a little bit of introduction to, uh, for Leslie. She is the Vice President of Global Campaigns and Field Marketing at Twilio. And she's going to talk about real life lessons delivered in the virtual world. Over to you, Leslie. So this is meant to be a fun in a, a session where I really tell you guys about some of the examples that myself and my team have learned as we've embarked on 2020. Um, if you look at 2020, this is how we started as a field marketing and campaigns team. We were super excited. Here we are at the beginning of the year, um, all of us together, smiling, happy. And then of course, the world changed. And I like this picture. It's my EMEA team and my US team, and we're talking to our CMO in here and trying to do kind of a meet and greet to keep engagement going. And since we weren't doing live events around the world, ensure we could talk to each other. But you'll notice the difference between this picture and this picture. The faces aren't the same. There's some smiles, there's not as many. <laughs> there's different backgrounds, there's a lot going on. And I think one of the things that we've really realized is if you're an experienced creator, if you're a digital marketer, if you're trying to give offers to folks, a virtual world is giving us a lot of lessons. And I'm gonna to talk to you about the top three we have today. Lesson one, when you're in a virtual reality, you're not in a physical reality. And you can't assume people understand anything that you're offering. Uh, we, we really have looked at this. Now we've re, um, we had to cancel over a hundred events uh, worldwide. And we've now done over 150 since um, the pandemic hit this year. And we've tried a lot of offers, but what we've really realized is that your content, what you're delivering, it's crucial. You can't get off anymore with like, hey, I'm gonna set up a happy hour and everyone knows what a happy hour is because in a virtual world, it's not always that fun. Yeah. Um, when we started to do these, you know, in the beginning, everyone wanted to get together and do kind of stuff. Can you guys still hear me, Deborahati? Yes, yes, Leslie, we can hear oh, you. Okay, sorry. I got, a, I got a note that you couldn't hear me. Okay. Yeah. Um, but as we kept going, you know, the awkward 30-person happy hour on a Zoom where everyone's talking over each other didn't work anymore. And that's where content, keeping it simple, compelling, and brief, really has made a difference in how we've gone out with virtual offers. We explain everything we're doing. Um, and we really have checked our promotion strategy. What does that mean? You know, there are so many offers. There are so many things people are trying to do. Uh, I really appreciated Kate before me when she was talking about, you know, you really have to think about your activities. You really have to think about what you've been doing and reimagine what conversational marketing looks like. When we now look at an offer in a virtual world, we're trying to make sure that we are one, allowing for registration to happen. So if you used to have paid, if you used to have, you know, many different kinds of VIPs, we really have opened up our gates on virtual offers so that it's easy to, to register. We've done things on all of our event pages like Drift. Uh, we just put that on our annual customer and developer conference website to make sure we're answering questions, keeping people engaged as soon as they come and interact with anything we're offering. But we've also learned that you can't just put an offer out. You got to build excitement. You got to build excitement for why they want to attend. You'll see here on some of um, some of these examples, the right hand side. You know, even if it's you're gonna you're gonna encourage them to come with a swag kit, or you're gonna buy them a cup of coffee, or send them an Uber Eats card. Do something that makes them really feel like, wow, they've invested in me. I'm gonna invest in them, um, and keep your target audience engaged. 
from the time you send a first invite or offer all the way until you're at the event. I loved how B2B you know, asked us all as speakers to put videos together. You're in a world of TikTok. You're in a world of YouTube. You're in a world of Twitch. You've got to figure out how you keep streaming things that are of interest to make sure that that audience really still wants to talk to you prior to the event. And little drops of information on the way in. That strategy and plan is crucial to actually having people show up in a virtual world. But engagement is hard. And I think that's our lesson number two. You know, when we look at a virtual world, everything's self-service. You have to reimagine how to get people talking to you, interacting with you live in a virtual environment. Um, my first, first point here, manage the weird. I don't know how many, um, how many of you have, to my earlier example, joined a webinar or a, a Zoom call or anything, and it wasn't managed. So one of the things we learned is you can't just put 15 people on a Zoom and expect everyone to have social cues like they would in a physical world. You need to have someone who's greeting people. You need to have someone who's a backup plan. You need to have someone who's going to say, okay, I, I'm sensing someone is asking questions on chat. Maybe we're going to do a breakout room with him and a product expert or her and a, you know, executive, whatever it is, you've really got to dig in on how you're building engagement in this virtual reality. You've got to limit participants. You can't have 100 people and think it's going to be an engaging session. That's okay. It depends on what your strategy for engagement is and what your ultimate goal is for that offer. But I think the number one thing that we've learned after doing multiple different programs is if you're going to do it, deliver an experience that's on par or better than what a physical world would deliver. And I love this example. For those of you who have um, husbands or wives that are very interested in golf, uh, and watch golf, not the most compelling thing to watch virtually. Um, sometimes I sit and watch with my husband, sometimes I don't. But when we were looking at um, this golf event, uh, I don't know if anybody saw it, it was with Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson, Tom Brady, and um, I'm gonna forget the other quarterback. Oh, Peyton Manning. It was the most compelling golf game I had ever watched. Why? Because they made it completely different. They put video cameras in the golf carts. You could hear the behind the scenes chit chat. It was so fun. I had a great time. I got my popcorn. I watched the whole darn thing. I would not do that for a normal golf game on TV. And that's what I'm comparing deliver an experience on par or better than what a physical world would deliver. That is something you've really got to think about. What would get you to attend? Is this going to give you personal development? Is this going to give you something fun? Can you include people in your, in your network on this? That's something to think about. And then the last thing I'll say that we're really trying at Twilio, and I'm super proud of my team for this. I've got just a rock star team who's been thinking about the experience and we're getting creative. You know, what are you, what are you really trying to do with your offer? It can't be all about you in this world. You want to bring people in and give them some information, but to the earlier point, keep it brief, keep it best of. I love how B2B is keeping 10 minute presentations here, but use your own technology. Use what you're selling. Use your unique value to engage people. At Twilio, we're a customer engagement platform. So how are we going to remind people, chat with them, communicate on the channel of their choice? That's something we're thinking about. In fact, one of the things that my virtual TEC team uh, which is our executive briefing center. We move to virtual for all of our briefings. You know, when we have a break, we're saying, here, text us here, scan this QR code. We're gonna send you an Uber Eats card. You can order a coffee to your house right now. 
those are the kind of things where you're just doing something little, but it means so much and it keeps that engagement happening. Speaking of which, I think that's the lesson number three I would, I would give to everyone here. You're in a virtual world and it's, it's been a rough year and we're, we're, we're redefining the normal, what it looks like, but you gotta be thoughtful. You have to be inclusive and you gotta offer some fun. Listen, think beyond your own business goals to the time you're asking of your audience. Think about what would be meaningful for them. Some of the things that I thought were so silly when we started this are actually some of our best events. Uh, and I, I will give shout outs. I have a uh, field marketing director in North America, Julie. She, she put together um, magic shows. Our dev crew had found this team that does magic in a virtual world. And I'm going, I don't really get it. And I'm not sure. And our sales team was going, hmm, not sure about that. But she pushed for it. Um, it was one of our most fun events and, and they used our technology in that magic show to, to bring engagement. Uh, we also tried a Top Chef event, um, shipped dinners uh, to people and a chef cooked while they could ask questions. Um, but these are the kind of things where you're thinking behind your business goals. You might give an intro of who you are. And this is a specific strategy we were using for relationship building and our top customers. But you gave them something different. Um, and you can include your family if it was after hours. One of our, our recent wine tasting virtual events, we had a dog sitting here the whole time staring at the winery, uh, the woman giving the wine tour. We had couples there. And this is what we want to do, right? Because relationship building is different. And you got to think about that. You also want to bear hug the opportunity to be inclusive geo-wise. This is one of the biggest things we've learned um, when it comes to virtual events. One, we can scale globally. We can offer professional development. We can do different things, but we really have to think about, don't just think about your time zone. Think about how you can do this and replay this and make sure it's local. And how are you gonna put engagement in a local time period for those folks? This is something that is helping us build awareness. It's also helping us leverage the investments we're making on some of these. And it's been a great learning lesson for us. Um, the last thing I'll say, you got to reach out and partner and share and learn. I think for a lot of us who have been focused on physical activities or events, we have some digital campaigns to promote those, but we've really had to partner with our demand gen team. We've really had to partner with our industry peers. We've really had to reach out um, and say, hey, what are you all doing? What are you learning? Roles and responsibilities need to be defined, but you also have to be willing to share. I actually have had my team on more team meetings since this happened than ever. And it sounds funny to put more meetings on the calendar, but in a world where you have many offers, where many of us are living where we work, you gotta lean into actually talking to each other. Um, and that's helped us be you know, successful in keeping things going, maintaining value for our sales team, and really putting together some, some creative and fun offers. The last thing I'll say too, that I, I wanted to point out, when we're looking at how we're spending money, when we're looking at how we're being creative, we're also offering any of that to be something that could be donatable, to give a, a, an offer for good, something that gives back to the world. Because I think those are the moments that people realize like, okay, I can engage here and I wanna help do that too. Um, and it just makes us feel better about spending money at these times if we're doing it the right way um, with better impact than just getting people on a call or on an event. Um, Speaking of, I, I will leave everyone with an offer. If you're curious about how we're doing some of these things coming up, our, our team is running our annual customer and developer conference. 
signal. Um, it's a two day event. It's completely virtual. We're testing a lot of the ideas that I talked about here and it's going to be fun. So feel free to join We would love to see you. And, um, and you can hear about our customer engagement platform and really how this time I, I heard Kate say it towards the end. And I thought it was so true. You know, this digital acceleration that we're going through, um, where six months has become six years of a product roadmap, it's important to kind of dig in and see what companies and industries and businesses are doing. And we'll be talking a lot about that at the conference. So with that, I will go to Q&A, Deborah, if you're good with that. Sure, sure. Thanks, Leslie. Thank you so much for, uh, you know, all those pointers. Actually, I was taking notes and I was like, how we can implement those in our next events and uh, even the meetings that we do internally, right? So yeah, we can take all those up. Uh, I'll just uh, quickly go, move over to the Q&A uh, sections. The first question that we have is, what are the top challenges companies usually should address to have a smooth transition to the virtual world? Yeah, you know, I think what, what we saw as top challenges is number one, I think a lot of people want to lift and shift. Um, I have a friend at Salesforce who, who uh, coined that term, but I really love it because you don't want to just think about, um, let's get a webinar going, let's, you know, do some social networking at the end. Like, you got to really think about what you want out of that virtual event and, and not try and just do what you've always done. I think the top challenge has really been getting the folks that are used to doing physical events in a world where they can see people, pick up on social cues, hand them something, you know, give them a handshake, reimagining re what caring for people, what creating an experience looks like. That's been the top challenge. After you start to go, okay, I'm gonna test this. I'm gonna have a strategy. Once people get on a call, how we're gonna engage them, what we're gonna do. Then it starts to then it starts to go well. I think the other top challenges, um, and I'll speak from my own experience. When when the pandemic hit, we all went digital so fast. We all started putting offers out there. We all, I mean, even on our team at Twilio, you know, I was talking to our head of DG. Like our webinars went through the roof. Our virtual event offers went through the roof. Everybody was doing something, and I think that the challenge there is um, now that we know we're in this for a little while take a step back and do things, don't do too many things, do things that have a bigger impact, do things that are more strategic, target your audience and make those topics a little bit more narrow. Um, that really helps, you know, if you're gonna do an awareness event, we're doing one that's basically um, with Shonda Rhimes next week, it's Twilio Engage, and that is gonna be an awareness event. We don't expect a lot of engagement, we expect Q&A, but this is for people to have personal development and really learn from someone in the industry who's built diversity, learned how to you know, really get through a lot in her life and build an amazing business. That is not an event that I would say is supposed to be engaging, right? So really think about what you want and don't over flood with offers. Be strategic, target the audience and, and really be, co be, be cognizant of how many offers you're putting out there. Right. Next question that we have uh, is Leslie, the pandemic is the new normal. Uh, account to business, what shouldn't change? Say that one more time, Deborah. I'm sorry, I cannot yeah. hear. So uh, what, what the question asks is, pandemic is the new normal. Account yes. to business, what shouldn't change? I think what shouldn't change is, is great marketing. I mean, I think at the end of the day, we all know that you need, you need to have a plan. 
You need to prepare with time. You need to care about your audience. You need to have great content. Um, and that shouldn't change. That should never change. You know, I think the other thing that shouldn't change is we do events in an events world to build relationships and you can't build relationships the same way in a virtual world, but you can still build relationships. And you should be thinking about that because, you know, when we look at our funnel and we look at what events do, we may not be the reason folks came to our company to begin with, but we definitely are going to expand that opportunity size with the relationship building that happens when people are talking one-to-one. -one. So partner with your sales team and really figure out in their region, in their industry, whatever vertical we're trying to target, what's gonna make a difference, what's gonna add value to your prospects and your customers and kill it, you know? Really do a great job at, at delivering that content in a great way. Um, short, best of uh, content is what I like to say, the best of. Don't do everything, do the best of and get people engaged and then follow up, follow up with really wonderful notes, gifts, you know, care enough to, to see it through. But that should all be something that we kind of know. It's just thinking about it um, in a way that goes deeper, is meaningful, and isn't like trying to just put something out there to put something out there. Right. So the next question that we have, Leslie, I'll just put it up in the chat as well so that you can see. So your thoughts on sales and marketing alignment in the virtual premise, better or shaky? Uh, alignment on sales and marketing is better or what? Better, yeah, it's better or shaky in the virtual premises. You know, it's interesting. I think just like my team, uh, when this happened, there was a lot of needing to take a breath. Um, you know, sales is used to building relationships as well, and they do a lot in a physical world. And they rely on us to help them with that physical world and those offers a lot. But you know, when we, we all went through a six to eight week transition where we were trying to figure out what that new relationship looks like. As time has gone on, I would not say sales, I, I would say sales is just as strong as a partner as they've ever been. I think they're seeing the value that's coming from what we're putting together. We are seeing great pipeline. We are seeing things happen, but we've also had to learn these lessons, right? And when you're trying to give sales a thousand offers of very kind of generic content, that's not going to be a good partner to them. And you're not going to get great engagement that way. So you really have to lean in and say, hey, trust me on this. We're going to try this. And if you've built that relationship with them prior to the pandemic, it should withstand. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think things were shaky just for all of us for a while. And we're seeing great engagement. We, we, we lean in though, we do lean in. And we also practice what we preach. I mean, I think that's one thing marketers always have to remember. When you're building a relationship with sales, they're your target audience to market for too. And you need to practice some of these virtual you know, event offers with them. You got to show them what they look like so they believe you and they get excited about it and then they'll sell it to their customers and prospects. Right. So the next question, I think this is the last one that we'll be taking up. Uh, so how do you keep up effective team communication and not let them feel isolated during the situation? That is something that you were already talking about. So we just want to delve into a little bit on that. Yeah, I, it's a great question. And honestly, I've, I think we've all as leaders really wanted our teams to stay strong through this time. And I'll just speak very vulnerably with you all. You know, when you're watching your industry of physical events, your vendors, your friends, everyone losing their jobs, it can be tough. And that is a reality that we've faced. Um, 
So what we've done, my team of leads and myself is really leaned into a couple of things that we weren't doing. So number one, we started rotating AM and PM every other week, best practice sharing sessions. That has been huge um, in really talking to each other more. I think, you know, there's, there's really blessings that come out of this time for all of us, which is we have to lean on each other a lot more to learn quickly. Um, so we've done that. I actually meet with my team leads every week now. We were doing every other week or once a month uh, at a certain time because we were all on planes going everywhere. I think the other thing that I've done is leverage the self-service reading tools like Slack. You know, we have a team Slack. We do an engagement challenge every week, you know, where we're asking each other questions. They're not necessarily work-related, but just maintaining once a week something fun that everyone's getting to know each other. We've brought on, I think, six or seven headcount virtually. So we want to make sure they feel included. And I got to give a shout out. Um, all my team leads have done fun virtual events for their own teams. Like uh, my, my executive briefing leader, Marietta, she did when Tiger King was all the rage in the beginning, she did a Tiger King happy hour and everyone wore tiger stripes, right? So it's not your typical happy hour. It's like, let's get people out of the doldrums of being on 14 Zoom meetings a day and have some fun. We did a flower, um, uh, flower arranging uh, happy hour where we shipped flowers to folks and then they arranged life. Like you just, you gotta think about bringing hope and fun at least once a month with your team. And the rest will kind of come into place, I think, if you're just constantly communicating. I will say, over-communicate everything. Um, Slack, email, your team calls, all of it. Because it's hard, to, it's hard to, to, to take information in during this time when all we're doing is on, being on Zooms all day. It's hard. Right. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you for joining in. I have a few more questions that I'll be sending on to your email. Uh, but thank you so much for joining in today. Oh my God, thank you all so much. And apologies, again, a real life lesson. I got to make sure I've restarted my computer before I join one of these conferences again, Deborah. So thank it was you. Great to have you. Thank you so much, Leslie. Okay. Bye bye.